I feel quite certain tonight that you folks here in this district do not really understand what you have a hold of. I feel quite certain that you don't realize what a great people you really are. There's tremendous worship here, great dedication. Some of the finest young people that I've ever seen in any district, anywhere in this country. And Brother Grant, you are the man for the job. I don't doubt it for a moment. The statement, the statement from the scriptures has kept coming to me. There is a church in Babylon. This state has got some of the most diabolical activity. But in the presence of that darkness, there is light. Wonderful light. Glorious light. And I feel it here tonight. This will not be a long session, but I trust that it will stretch you into a domain and realm of the Spirit that you'll never be able to return from. I want to read to you tonight from the book of Isaiah, chapter 64. I touched on this subject lightly in Brother Tamil's church a year or two ago. But tonight, I want to work with it even more. Because most of you were not there. But the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, in verse 4, Isaiah had probably the greatest messianic insight of any of the Old Testament prophets. Yet here in this verse, he utters a pathetic, pitiful statement. And he simply says, in spite of all that he knew and saw, he said, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Comes to an abrupt end. He just simply said in common everyday vernacular, we don't know. We really don't know. We would like to know, but we don't know. But if you turn to the New Covenant, in the New Testament, Paul writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 quotes Isaiah, and he says, but as it is written... That means he was drawing from the Old Testament. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But thank God, it does not come to an abrupt end. The next verse says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the Spirit. But in the New Testament, we have the Spirit. What was hidden to them is revealed to us. What was not seen to them by them is seen by us. What was not heard by them is heard by us. Well, you should be excited over that. The Bible says, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. I want to entitle this tonight, I want to see. Would you say that? I want to see. Say it again. I want to see. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, tonight again, on this 4th of July, on this celebration of Independence Day, we celebrate our own independence spiritually. We celebrate something far greater than any nation could ever know. We celebrate deliverance from sin, deliverance from bondage of evil. We celebrate freedom. We celebrate rejoicing. 
We celebrate victory in the presence of the resurrected one whose name is Jesus of Nazareth. Will you now hearken to us? Will you now draw near to us in just these next few moments of time? Will you cause us to hear the voice of God? Will you allow a spirit of revelation to come upon us? Will you allow a spirit of knowledge and understanding to grip us that we will see prophetically with insight with revelatory information and understanding i pray in the wonderful name of jesus of nazareth and everybody said amen the lord bless you you may be seated thank you for standing so long would you clap uproariously for just a moment to the lord and could you mingle your voice with that and could you shout Unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Because there is triumph in the house of the Lord tonight. Wonderful victory in this place. Wonderful triumph. Wonderful glory. Joy. Deliverance. Peace. Tranquility. Happiness. Security. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. We tonight are mortals. We are human beings. And as human beings, we live in the present. We are alive now, tonight. We can remember what happened on yesterday. We can remember what happened last week, last month, last year, last decade, etc. I can remember things that happened when I was just a child. I can remember. In other words, I see the past. You see the past. Though we do not live in the past. We call it memory. We can remember. We are able to retain experiential activity from our past in a computerized memory system that God has so graciously given us. And sometimes memories bring happiness to us and other times memories bring grief to us. Remorse, regret. We can remember it, but we don't live there. We live in this moment in time. This day will soon become yesterday. This day will soon become another period of history in our individual or conglomerate lives here tonight. So we live in the present. We do not live in the past. But neither do we live in the future. Though we can remember the past, we cannot, as mortals, know the future. Though we would like to. And the world at large is extremely interested in knowing what befalls them or might befall them on tomorrow. That's why palm readers have a very large clientele. That's why fortune tellers have flourished in all ages and soothsayers and witches. Because there is something in the mortal that wants to know what his own future holds for him. Though we cannot see the future. We can guess at it as mortals. We can speculate. We can put facts together from other circumstances or circumstantial evidences in our lives, heredity factors, environmental factors, and we can, in a sense, do some miserable kind of prophesying. But we really don't know. Now, I don't have a lot of time for this because I usually just spend most of my life falling on planes, falling off planes, doing what I'm told. So I don't have a lot of time to myself. But when I do have time in the fall, I like to hunt. I don't do a lot of small game hunting, but I like to deer hunt. And I've done quite a bit of it. Now, because of my interest in nature in the woods, I like to read outdoor life magazines. I belong to the National Rifle Association and all kinds of things like that. I've got several guns and all this, handguns, the whole business. So don't give me any trouble is what I'm saying. 
But in my reading, I read this one story that says that white-tailed deer are stupid. The article went on to say that they are just stupid animals. The thing that I have observed is, if they are stupid, they have an uncanny ability to stay alive during hunting season. They're not that stupid. And then another article said that white-tailed deer are colorblind. Now the question I'm asking is this. Who has ever sat down with a white-tailed deer to find out if he can see color or not? If he can see these orange hats and coats and vests? How do we really know he is colorblind? And how do we know who has ever checked out his intelligent quotient? IQ. Who has ever had a conversation with a deer? No one that I know anything about. I also have read about grizzly bears. Grizzly bears intrigue me. I wouldn't camp in the wild where they are for any amount of money in this world. Black bears don't, don't bother me. Grizzlies, it's a whole nother story. I don't want anything to do with them. Except on film or something like that. I'm not interested. Just not interested because of what I've read about them. But one author said that grizzly bears do not see well. What optometrist or optician has ever given him an eye exam to see just how far he can see? That's what I want to know. Another man said that grizzlies are smarter than human beings. <laughs> he also went on to say that there's a real possibility that humanity has evolved from grizzly bears. <laughs> but who has ever had any conversation with a bear to find out all these things that they're writing? I also like to preach about eagles. Of all the animals, of all that exist out there, there is something about the eagle that fascinates me, intrigues me. God himself likened himself to the eagle. And so there, there is a vast repertoire of experience and credential and information wrapped up in the creation of this bird called the eagle. I preach a whole message about them. It's not exhaustive, but I like it. And it has inspired me. Now, one author says that they can see for over two miles. Now they're beginning to alter that somewhat. Another author said that they can dive at over 200 miles an hour. I think probably you could clock them. You, could probably you probably could get that together. But they have all these various things that they talk about where eagles are concerned. Again, my question is, who has ever sat down with an eagle or invited him into the cockpit of some plane flying through the air and said, Mr. Eagle, I have a set of questions designed for you and I want some answers, some straight answers. Who has ever talked with an eagle? No one. No one. None of us have ever talked to a white-tailed deer or a grizzly bear or an eagle or any other animal that I read about. At best, we observe them and make deductions from observation. We draw conclusions because of observation. But we cannot ever really know what it's like to be a white-tailed deer. We can never know what it's like to be a grizzly bear. We can never know what it's like to be an eagle. And there's a reason for it. Because I don't have the spirit of a deer. I don't have the spirit of a grizzly bear. I don't have the spirit of an eagle. I can never relate to them. As much as I might like to, I can never really talk with them. I can never really have a discussion with them because I don't have their spirit. But I can talk with you. I can know what it's like to feel pain. I know what it's like to feel joy. I know what it's like to mourn over the loss of a loved one with you. I can cry with you. I can laugh with you. I can identify with you. I can talk with you. I can communicate with you. We can exchange ideas. We can lift ourselves together because we have the same spirit. I can talk with you. I 
can find out what you know and add it to what I know. You can find out what I know and add it to what you know. And together we can communicate and we can identify and we can know. And it's called camaraderie. We have this wonderful spirit of fellowship in this camp meeting. Why? Because it's all filled with people. If there were just me and a house full of grizzly bears, I'd be up there someplace hiding in the rafters, praying that God would get them out of here some way or other. That's exactly what I'd be doing. But it's not like that. We are human beings. We have come here together. We can laugh together. I picked up his spirit of laughter. See how it comes off on me? I can laugh with him because he's got the same spirit I've got. I'm a human being. I'm alive. You're alive. We can feel. We can touch. I can tell you tonight that I'm not here alone. I've got you. But I can also tell you something else. That is incredible. It's a revelation to me. It's a miraculous insight to me. The man on the street is extremely limited. He lives in the present. He remembers the past. He cannot know the future. I can know the things of a man because they have the spirit of a man. But Pentecostal, you are the most magnificent creature that walks on the face of God's created earth. You are the most interesting individual that is alive in the world today. You know why? Because in addition to having the spirit of man, you also have the spirit of God. Hallelujah! That sets you apart. That makes me different. That makes you different. That makes us different from anybody else on the face of the earth. Do you get it? Have you got it? Some of you are getting it. You know what I'm saying here tonight? This is what I'm saying here tonight. I'm not just a nobody. You're not just a nobody. We are a bunch of somebodies. We've got a hold of something that the world does not have. They look into it. Even the angels desire to look into this thing that glorified mud balls have. It's called salvation. It's called redemption. It's called deliverance. It's called being filled with something called the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Oh, clap your hands and rejoice because you can rejoice in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. May you never be the same after this session. May you never think of yourself again as you thought before you came. May you walk out of these doors tonight understanding that you are the most unusual individual on the face of God's earth. That more than just a man, there's somebody else walking in your shoes. There's some other bit of holy knowledge. Some other bit of holy wisdom. Some other bit of holy understanding that's alive inside of you tonight. You're more than a man. You're more than a woman. You have got the Spirit of God alive inside of you. How can I know? How can I know the things of a man save I have the Spirit of a man? But how can I know the things of God save I have the Spirit of God? Suddenly, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you become smarter than you were before. You become wiser than you were before. You become more knowledgeable than you were before because there is a portion of the resident spirit of Almighty God, the Eternal One, who was, who is, and who shall be, that is now alive inside of you. And if you seek Him, if you really seek Him, you will become like Him. Those that followed after Him became like Him. Those who sought Him out found Him. Listen to me tonight. It must have been something to have been a disciple. It must have been something to have fallen asleep on the ground at night, being able to reach over and touch Him if you wanted to, to hear Him breathing beside you, to hear words come from His lips as you drifted off in to dreamland but in the morning many times they awakened and he was already gone and there was something that struck them they felt empty they felt 
alone again when he was missing from their presence. And the big question was, where did he go? Which road did he take? Has anybody seen him? And someone had always seen him. Was he on the road to Jericho? Was he on his way to Galilee? Was he on his way to Jerusalem? Did he take the road to Bethlehem? Someone had always seen him. And this project then was to take the road he took to find him. And they took the road. They had to seek him out sometimes day by day. But some days he went to the mountains and they were forced to follow into the mountains, to climb the mountains. But other days he went to the valley and they were forced, if they wanted to find him, to go to the valley also. What I'm saying is this. You can come out of services like these and wake up in the morning the next day and wonder just where he went. You better find out which way he went is what I'm saying and you can find out which way he went because somebody had always seen him so if you follow after him you will become like him if you pray if you really pray it is impossible not to become involved in the realm of the supernatural because the more you pray wisdom comes by prayer the wisdom of God will come to you by prayer suddenly you begin to see things suddenly you begin to feel things suddenly there's a world opens up to you that you never walked in before and you can just see you just simply know and you are astounded that others don't see and others don't know people you can can't have a consistent prayer life and not become involved with the realm of the supernatural which will lead you into the realm of the gifts of the Spirit. What I have come to say tonight is this, that there are people in this congregation, there are people on this platform that are mightily endowed by God, that the Spirit of God is with you. You know more than a mortal man. You know the things of God. And once you know God, you can also know the future because He will tell you the future. And what He doesn't tell, you can read about it in this old book. Suddenly you can read in the future. You can read history before it happens. I preached about it night before last. That's what I was preaching about. Israel is the only nation in the world that her history was told about her before she ever existed or before she ever came into power. That is a miracle. And we know. I know the end from the beginning. I know what's going to happen. I don't care what they do. I all know one of these days there's going to be a sound. There's going to be a movement in the heavens. I know one of these days we're going to get out of here. There's no great that can hold me. There's no prison that can house me. There's no chain that can bind me. There's no force that can stop me. There is nothing that will hold me when He comes in the clouds of glory. Let them try to explain that. Let them try to explain that. I'd like to hear what they've got to say about the rapture when there are hundreds of thousands of people missing from the face of the globe. I'd like to hear that explanation. It's going to happen in a moment. It's going to happen in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, it will happen, and we shall be gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Put a tail on that. Clap your hands again and worship the Lord. There's a spirit of revelation here tonight. There's a spirit of understanding here tonight. You people are never going to be the same. I don't know what you were when you came to this camp meeting, but you're going to leave it different because there's going to be an understanding inside of you that's going to change your life forever. Yeah! Hallelujah. I will admit to you, I will admit to you tonight, there was a day when most of us were a bunch of nobodies going nowhere. I, for one, lived on Dead End Street and my house number was zero. But there came a day when this man called Jesus came walking down the road of my life. He walked up to my door. He knocked on my door. And I had the good sense to open it. And when I opened it, I never saw anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. I've never known anything like it. I asked him to come in. He's alive inside of me tonight. I'm more than just a Immortal. I'm immortal. I'm going to live forever somewhere. I'm going to live forever, forever somewhere. 
We were a bunch of nobodies going nowhere. But tonight, we're a bunch of somebodies going somewhere. My name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I will not always be confined to this terrestrial ball. I will not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now let's get into it. I travel all the time. I become exhausted. There are times when I get done with meetings that I want to go home and see no one. There are times I have paid a cab $30 to drive me home. Never call a soul in my area so I can slip in incognito, unobserved, unrecognized, unknown, and take the phone off the hook and rest. R-E-S-T. I have worked at it, thinking I'm going to get away with this. I will be able to come home and no one will know I'm here, and I can do what I want for two or three days. Walk through the door, luggage in hand, the phone is ringing. I'm not saying my attitude is right, I'm just saying this is how it is. <laughs> and I've thought, who in the wide world can that be? Don't want to answer it, but feel conviction for not answering it. So you pick the thing up. Hello? Well, the Stone King. a local in the area. I've said, Ned, how did you know I was home? I just walked through the door, boy. My luggage is a little hand. How did you know I'm home? He said, Brother Stone King, I could feel your spirit come into the area. That's what I'm talking about. That's the world that we live in. That's what is at our disposable hands. It is there for us. That boy prays for hours and hours and hours. He has dissected the Bible, come up with some of the most incredible Bible studies, seeks God. He has the greatest gift of prophecy I have ever heard come from human throat any place in this entire world. When that boy stands and prophesies, it is as if something from ancient days walks in. It is incredible. He has a hold of God. He's a wife, a little girl. I've said, Ned, when did you feel my spirit? About an hour ago, he said. I could tell that you were coming back into the area. That's the world that we live in. Those people out there don't know anything about. Does this sound weird to some of you? It will probably get worse before I'm done tonight. We have a tremendous potential. There is something here tonight that transcends human logic and reasoning and understanding. There is something here tonight that is marvelous, alive, real. The voice, son, that said, let there be light, is alive inside of this heart. Every time your heart beats, it's pumping Holy Ghost through every capillary, every vein, every cell in your body. You are somebody. You are somebody. If you believe that, would you lift your hands and just wave them in the presence of the Lord? Revelation. Revelation, I pray, 
in the name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I performed a wedding one Saturday morning in Schenectady. It was a Saturday morning wedding. A couple, older couple in the church, who are dear friends of mine, invited me to go to brunch at the Van Dyke restaurant downtown Schenectady. So, after the wedding was over, we had shaken hands and all of that. We went to the Van Dyke for brunch. It's an old mansion converted into a restaurant, and the room that we walked into probably at one time was a small parlor, what they call a parlor in the Northeast. So we were in here, and there were tables around, and everything was beautifully decorated, but we chose a table over in the corner. And the power of God had fallen in that wedding. I like weddings like that. And uh, it sort of shook up the visitors, but nevertheless, we had a move of God in that wedding. I've prayed people through the Holy Ghost in weddings. Yeah. Have them fall right out in the recessional. Just fall out, speaking with tongues. I love it. I remember one high school teacher who was a sinner, a relative of those getting married. He came to me at the end of the wedding. He said, Reverend, I've heard about things like this. I said, now you've seen it. <laughs> he said, Yes. But we were, we sit down on this, this table, and I had my back to the rest of the room, and they were on the other side of the table facing the room, and we had eaten a nice brunch, and we'd had tea and pie or something, finishing up on the tea and the coffee, and um, a couple, someone else was coming into the room to be seated, and they came in, and they sat down at a table, like right here behind me, just the table near me. And I sort of glanced, like you will, you know, and kept on talking to my friends. And um, these people sat down rather noisily. And I heard this woman say, I don't like him. I turned and she was pointing straight at me with her eyebrows knit and just like a snarl on her face. She's for the devil. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, they're not married, they're just living together. So I turned my back, I tried to get clear away from the spirit of the whole thing and continue with my friends. But there was a tremendous agitation at this table. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you had better leave now because there's going to be a terrible demonstration here. I said to my friends, I have to leave immediately. And they know me very well, so they don't question anything I do. They know me. We all stood to our feet. We, I tried to walk as far away from the table as I could. But as I walked by the table, this woman threw herself across the table, breaking glass in China. And we walked straight out. She was full of the devil. And there's no point in casting them out if they'll pick them right back up outside the building and carry them home. There's just no point. And I won't do it. I will not waste my energy or time. But I'm saying to you that you have a hold of something powerful. That's why when I evangelize, the prices know this about me, I really don't want to go to a restaurant out in a city after a powerful service. I don't mind after camp meetings because we're taking the restaurants over here, you see. We, we, can, we, can, have, we can have church again in the restaurant. But if you're just one or two walking into a restaurant and you've come out of a powerful service where the Holy Ghost has moved and people have received the Holy Ghost and devils have been cast out and deliverances have been wrought and people have been baptized in Jesus' name and you've spoken with tongues for three or four hours... You get up, go to the pizza hut. What you don't understand is, friend, that when you walk in the pizza hut, Jesus walks in all fired up. He is with you. <laughs> That's how it is. And when you walk in the restaurant, I've had people stop eating, lay utensils down, and just stare at me. And I've checked everything over to see if I'm all right, if I'm all together. 
I'm nothing's missing. Everything is all right. It's not that. It's just that those who sit in darkness still see a great light. When the light comes in, that's what you are, Pentecostal. You are a great light. You are a great light. You are a light. He's alive in you. He lives inside of you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled tonight with what I have a hold of. I'm so excited about what it is that lives inside of me. I want to say it again. I'm not a nobody. You're not a nobody. You're a Holy Ghost filled. You're a Holy Ghost filled. You're a Holy Ghost filled vessel of the Lord. He's alive inside of you. One of the things I like about this camp meeting is that there is more than just a shout here. There is more than just inspiration here. Inspiration has many sources, but anointing has only one. Anointing comes from God alone. You can become inspired about a song. You can become inspired about a ball game. But anointing comes from God alone. And there is anointing upon you people. There's an anointing upon this choir. There's an anointing upon the Carruthers. I just feel to say this. I enjoy Brother and Sister Carruthers and their music so much. And the reason I enjoy it is because it doesn't have this worldly contemporary sound. I don't like it. And that worldly contemporary sound is creeping into our churches. And it's not of God. It's not of God. So we've got contemporary furniture, we've got contemporary music, and it's named correctly. It's only temporary. Queen Anne will last forever, timeless. And what we have a hold of in this place is also timeless. It will last forever because it goes deeper than just a shout. It goes deeper than just a tear. It's everlasting. It's just everlasting. Don't you ever let go of it. Don't you ever change. Brother Enquist, you and I went to Bible school together. We've not changed one bit from the day we met. We're still at it. We're still at it. And we're going to stay at it. Because there's nothing like it in all of the world. You can have all the religion you want. You can have all the rest of it. I think perhaps, I think perhaps I've said this before, but it's worth reiterating. You can come from anything to this, but you cannot go from this to anything else. Because there is nothing else to go to. When you have come to this, it's the end of the line. That's what Jesus meant when he said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free of what? Free of every other ideology, every other doctrine, every other church. And I'm not against other Christian churches. I'm not against other facets of Christianity. But I can say this as kindly as I know how to and yet as forcefully as I want to. No Baptist will ever convert me. No Mormon will ever convert me. No Catholic will ever convert me. No Lutheran will ever convert me. No Episcopalian will ever convert me. No Jehovah Witness will ever convert me. You know why? Because I have found the truth. And the truth shall set you free. The truth shall set you free. Free of all of it. Free to shout. Free to worship. Free to run. Free to sing. Free to preach. Free to jump. Free. 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 That's why we act like this. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. I've been delivered of all of that. I've been set free of all of those things. 
That's why you should never stop acting like this. We've got a right to shout. If you could see where some of these people come from, if you could see where some of them have come from, you'd understand why they're acting the way they're acting. Because they've been set free. We shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And we are free. Jesus. I remember, I remember one day a Jehovah Witness knocked on my door and said, I'm a Jehovah Witness. I said, no you aren't. I'm a Jehovah Witness. I'm the real one. You don't even know who he is. I know who he is. That's what I'm talking about. We are the real Jehovah Witnesses. We are the real Jehovah Witnesses. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. It was written of him. His name shall be called Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. Now you may be seated. This is going to blow you away. You know something else? We are the real Catholics too. Because the word Catholic means universal. We are the only universal church in the entire world. I live in a predominantly Catholic area. I've done this more than once, but this one case was tremendous. This woman was a Roman Catholic. I was witnessing to her and she was cutting me off. I had nothing to lose, everything to gain. I said, let me tell you something, lady. Just remember this. The next time you kneel before the statue of Mary, if she could grab you by your ugly head, she'd pray you through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost because she had it. She had it. She was a tongue talker. And she was baptized in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want to tell you here tonight. I want to tell you here tonight, if the Catholic, if the Roman Catholic Church were correct, then Acts 2 would begin like this, and suddenly the apostles appeared serving bread and wine. But it doesn't say that. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. This thing came from heaven. It did not come from the devil. If you're a tongue talker, it's a heavenly experience. It's not something from the devil. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. The sound of the rushing mighty wind. Cloven tongues like as a fire set up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. That's who you are. That's who I am. That's who we are. Oh, clap again and shout with your voice unto the Lord. Revelation, revelation, understanding, thankfulness for what you've done for us. To be set free forever, to be delivered forever, to be delivered forever. You may be seated. In South America, I've seen this on a National Geographic film. In South America, there is a certain kind of fish that lives in their rivers and their streams. This fish has two sets of eyes. With one set of eyes, he is able to see in his own environment, within his own habitat, 
He swims, looks for food, finds it, and lives with one set of eyes. But with another pair of eyes, this fish can see above the surface of the water into the air, into the atmosphere. Now, what he's looking for, I don't know. I don't know if he's looking for berries to fall from the overhanging branches. I don't know if he's looking for buds to fall from the limbs. But I've seen this on film. He looks into the world beyond the world that he lives in. There is something in me tonight more than ever before that wants two pair of eyes. Not only do I want to live in this world as a human being and see what I see, but I want to see into that world beyond. But at this time... I cannot abide, but I want to see into that world. Say, I want to see. Say it again. Lift your hands and close your eyes and say it again. I just really want to see. I want to see beyond this veil of flesh. I want to see beyond this world. The hunger, the hunger in this present hour is unprecedented. Unprecedented. The slides you showed tonight reduced me to trembling and tears. Hunger. A woman, the prices, and I had lunch in the pancake house. I don't know if she's here tonight, but I had seen her in the corner eating with a friend of hers. As we were ready to leave, this woman came to Sister Price, and Sister Price called me over, introduced me to this woman. This woman was asking about you. Last night, this woman was standing right there at the door with her hands raised. As I walked by her, I prayed. She was speaking with tongues. Where she came from, I don't know. What her story is, I don't know. But I'm telling you, there is something about you as you walk into the restaurants and into the areas of this city that is causing a stir here that will not settle down overnight. It will not settle down overnight. Hunger, an unprecedented hunger. Earlier this year, I was flying from Chicago on to California. That's a long flight. And I have enough mileage with United Airlines that I get first-class upgrade stickers. And with so many of them, I can upgrade my coach ticket to first-class. And when you fly three or four hours straight and you're as tired as I am, first-class makes all the difference in the world. The seats are twice as big. There's twice as much leg room. The food is better. The seats are leather. Everything is different. There's not as much noise. And the, the service is better. And so I, I had upgraded the ticket that I was going to fly first class. And I carried my own pillow. And I was prepared to curl up against the window and go to sleep. Because there were hardly any, anyone else in first class. Just another young man in the front row. As I walked on, they were discussing the war. And they said something, and without thinking, without thinking, I said, God is in control of this war. And those stewardesses looked at me, and I sat down and fastened my seatbelt. <laughs> the one stewardess came to me and said, what do you know about this? I said, I'll tell you what I know about it. I began to talk. The other stewardess came. The young man, who was the son of a United airline pilot who was studying to become a pilot turned around after about two or three sentences and said who are you i said i am a man of god and i know jesus i know what's going on they they served us as fast as they could and the first class stewardesses were talking to me but the the, the coach class stewardesses were warning in on it they serve food faster than any flight I think United has ever had. And when they got it served, the coach stewardesses 
came into the first class section, pulled the curtain and made a circle around me. And for two hours in the air, I preached what I preached here to you the other night. Hallelujah. The hunger. They've never heard it. They don't know about this. They've never heard. They don't know. They don't know what we know. God has revealed these things to the likes of us. They gave me their names. They gave me their addresses. They want to write. They want to know more. I'm telling you. One woman said, is this the end? I said, no, but it's very near the end. She said, I think it may be the end. I'm telling you, Pentecostal, if you're ever going to do it, now is the time to do it. If you're ever going to do it, now is the time to do it. If you're ever going to call somebody, if you're ever going to tell somebody, if you're ever going to do anything for God... Now is the time to do it. Now is the time to do it. Go after them. Go after them. Go after them. You young people, go after your parents. Go after them. Don't give up. 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 Go after them. Pray fast. Cry to God. Don't you ever give up. You're the only hope they have. You're the only hope they have. You're the only hope they have. I'm here because somebody prayed for me. I'm here because somebody had a burden. I didn't want to come here. I didn't want to get into all of this. But somebody prayed. Somebody talked to God. Somebody fasted for me. And here I am. It's the best thing that has ever happened to me. It's the best thing that has ever happened to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night in particular, I want to work with the gift of faith. A lot of people will be healed tomorrow night. But the healing virtue is here tonight. The power of God. Look, folks, we've got Acts 2.38 down. We've got it down. We've got the doctrine down. We've got it. We've got worship down. We've got music down. We've got choir numbers down. But we now are ready for the demonstration of the Spirit of God and power unlike anything we have ever seen before. Uh, Please be seated. I will tell you a couple of things and let you do with it what you want to do with it. I was in a camp meeting. It was in Kentucky a couple of years ago. The Holy Ghost moved on me at the end of my preaching one night and said, There are two people here who fear they have cancer. So I simply said, There are two people here. There may be more than two, but I know that there are two. There are two people here who you fear you have cancer in your body. If you will stand to your feet and raise both hands, God will deliver you from that fear instantaneously. And I had my eyes closed, feeling after God, just ministering along in the Spirit. And I could hear the rumble. There was crying. There was shouting. And people were delivered. And it settled down. I went on with other things. But then the Lord spoke to me and said, There's someone here who not only fears they have cancer, but they have cancer. And if you will speak to them, I will heal them. So, I told you it was going to get worse, didn't I? Didn't I? This is worse. This is worse. I told them, I said, there is someone here who has cancer. And if you will stand and raise both hands, God will heal you instantaneously. That's rather bold, isn't it? Yes. I've got nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Nothing. The The only reputation I have is what he gave me. He can take it like that. But if he says it, I'm going to say it. If he doesn't, I keep quiet. But he was saying it. Well, I went on. There was a man, unknown to me, there was a man in the audience that not only had cancer, but it was hanging on the outside of his body from his abdomen. It was hanging on the outside. And it was covered over by his undershirt and his shirt and his suit coat. But he had a shy personality. And when I said there's someone here who has cancer, he was afraid to stand. And so he didn't. But about 10 minutes later, and this, was, this is very unusual, because God usually does not do things like this. You usually have to move when God moves, or you've missed it. You've got to touch him when he passes by. 
But in this case, God was extremely merciful. After about 10 minutes, the man kept thinking to himself, I've got nothing to lose. I've got nothing to lose. So he managed to get to his feet and he raised both hands. A lot of things were going on and the Holy Ghost blessing fell on him and he was blessed by God, he thought, and he sat down. After a while, as his habit custom was, he reached his hand in under his coat to lay it on the cancer and it was totally gone. It was totally gone. It had totally disappeared and he began to sob and to cry and to weep. That is power. That is power. And that power is trying to come in to this district. That power is trying to come in to this district. It's trying to get in to this district. Not that you've never had it before, but it's trying to come in on a wholesale basis. Not just a retail situation, but it's trying to come in on a wholesale basis. Who among us tonight here in Wisconsin wants this to come walking down the road of your life and your ministry? Hallelujah! Jesus, do you see this hunger? Do you feel this hunger tonight? Do you feel this urgency? Do you feel? I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see it. I want it. Just for a moment, tell God that you want to see it again. Something Something is being born here that will never die. Something is being born here among you tonight that will never die. Hallelujah. 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 Sing again the chorus I give you 
While you're standing, I'm not going to go any farther, but while you're standing tonight, right where you are, we have heard from God. I can add nothing to what was just said. But as Sister Carruthers comes, we're going to repeat tonight the chorus, I give you Jesus. You will raise both hands, close your eyes, you will receive him. And when you receive him, all this that I'm talking about comes automatically. I give you Jesus. 